Hello, hello. Welcome to How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. This is episode number 13, and it is How I Teach the Three or Five Paragraph Fun Essay. So I'm Donna Reese, your host, your teacher, your um, uh, language arts lady, and I'm excited today to bring you some insights in how I teach three or five paragraph essays, how I teach fun essays, um, how I teach some of the elements within that essay, such as quotations and thesis statements and um, all the things that students need to know to write well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dig in to your teacher's notebook and do some housekeeping first of all. So if you are watching the video, um, you can see in front of you the teacher's notebook episode sheets for this episode, the fun three or five paragraph essay. Um, this comes from Beauty and the Beast book three. Um, so that's level three, that would be um, sixth, seventh and eighth grade level writing. Uh, definitely fourth and fifth graders can use this um, and definitely remediation for like um, high school even can use this. So let's go ahead and like I said, start with the housekeeping here. Um, if you're watching the video, you can see in front of you your teacher's notebook sheets. Every episode of the How I Teach broadcast comes with an audio um, at iTunes and Podbean and a couple of other places uh, where podcasts are provided. It also comes with a video with um, the PowerPoint presentation that I'm going to be using today in just a little bit. And it also has available for you teacher's notebook sheets that go along with it. And in this teacher's notebook uh, packet, you can see it has parts of the lesson that I'm teaching from, um, but not just parts, it has enough of it that you can use it. So uh, I, in other words, I don't keep from you that like the outlining lines or the most important elements that you might need um, in order to write this project with your students. So you can actually use the teacher's notebook sheets with your students. And then in the back of the teacher's notebook, just like in the back of the PowerPoint presentation, we have uh, the freebies and some things that you might be interested in to go along with this. Uh, I have over 18 freebies, uh, five of which are full length lessons with videos of me teaching them. So anyway, you wanna hop on over there and get that. You want your teacher's notebook in front of you. If you can print it, I recommend that you just get a dedicated binder for all of your teacher's notebook sheets because you can get them one at a time, but you can also get the entire, all, all of them that have been up so far. Um, let me go back here. You can get the teacher's notebook packet with all of the episode sheets in one PDF and put that in your notebook as well. All right, so let me hop on over to PowerPoint and get started on um, the slideshow and the presentation, teaching you how I teach um, this project. So again, this is from Beauty and the Beast uh, um, level, Beauty and the Beast level three. So I have seven books, uh, series, um, Beauty and the Beast, Peter Pan, Mowgli, um, Dumbo, um, um, Slinky Dog, and other toy friends, uh, Christmas, and um, tools and tricks, which teach how, how to teach my outlining style and my revising and editing style. Those are how-to books. And then every one of these month-long downloadable books 
which are available at Teachers Pay Teachers. They're available at Language Arts Lady Store. They're available at Rainbow Resource for homeschoolers. Um, they are, each of those has five levels. So this is level three, which as I said, is um, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Definitely can use it with younger, definitely can use it with older. And I'll even give you some tips for that as we go through this. So you know where I like to start when I teach language arts, writing, grammar, spelling, reading, all of the language arts areas. And that is with expectations. Um, every time I show you my overview box for that particular project. So here in the PowerPoint, it's broken up into two sheets because it's um, landscape rather than power, um, portrait. But you can see that I have an overview box. This is the overview box of the entire project. So it shows students, but even more importantly, it shows teachers and moms and parents and tutors what this whole project entails. This is not, these are not the homework assignments. These are not the tasks that your student does. This is an overview of the whole thing. You can see at the top where it says projects three and four, that this is gonna be a two week project. Three castle objects you would like as friends. This is incredibly fun. Just saying right now, if you are looking for fun, this is fun. And um, while also teaching a lot of writing skills, that is what is amazing about it too, that we're having you know, the writing skills taught at the same time. So um, at the same time as they're having a lot of fun. So this overview box is my expectation explanation. It is how I explain to students and parents and teachers, whoever is using the product, how to, what to expect from this project. You know that I'm big on expectation explanations in parenting. If you've been to, uh, when my husband and I used to do parenting seminars, we were just so big on explaining everything to kids, just getting rid of all the vagueness and letting kids know exactly what's ex expected. And we like to do the same when we teach. And this is, a, this is a pretty elaborate expectation explanation. You don't have to have something this elaborate. I have something this elaborate because I like to tell the teacher and the parent what the project entails right off the bat. I use this with my students. It looks elaborate, but they are so used to it. We open it up and we're like, okay, put a sticker on the top of your overview box. And then I say, don't forget, this is the overview box for the entire project. And it's gonna take three weeks from by the time they give me everything and then I edit it and then it comes back to them and then they give me their final, it's gonna take three weeks. That's a two week learning project, but then they always have to come back and do the final that, that next week. So they know that this is for the whole project. So I always remind them of that. And they know they're gonna get their highlighters out and we're good, they're going to go, we're gonna walk through it. We're gonna say, okay guys, the topic of this essay coming from Beauty and the Beast is three castle objects you would like as friends. Here are some examples, guys, in Roman numeral one, and you can choose three from there, or you can choose three others. You don't have to choose any of those three. You can choose one or two from there and get one or two elsewhere. You can get three here, three elsewhere, whatever you would like. Here are some ideas. Guys, I always give my students ideas. Some of them really are stuck right off the bat with ideas. And so I give them options. I give them ideas. We want 100% success, 100% success with our students. And we get that through expectations, through samples, 
through ideas, through tools, through uh, not through no vagueness, through no um, um, uh, confusion, right? All right, so I tell them the Roman numeral one. Then I say Roman numeral two. Look, guys, everybody's doing three paragraphs for the body of the paper. I always delineate the paragraphs of the body versus the opening and the closing, and I'll tell you why in just a few moments. All right, and then, look, guys, basic kids, you were doing six to eight sentences per paragraph. Highlight that in Roman numeral three. Extension students, you're doing seven to ten sentences in each paragraph. I do it this way because outside of dialogue, um, I teach students that a paragraph is a unit of thought. We don't count words. We count paragraphs, and then they are assigned a certain number of sentences in their paragraphs. Um, and this is because um, words make up sentences. Sentences make up paragraphs. Paragraphs make up essays, reports, stories. Boy, do I ever love teaching this. <laughs> Can you tell? All right. And then I, we come up here to Roman numeral four. Look, guys, you're all doing an opening. Grumble, grumble, grumble. You are going to be great at it. Don't grumble. Closing. Everybody's doing a closing. Does this mean we're doing five total? Yes, you're doing five total. Can you believe it? You guys are amazing. Five paragraphs for this project, and it's going to be so much fun. Uh, they just grumble, and they just sigh, and they just nudge each other, and they just sometimes roll their eyes because they just want me to assure them that they can do it. Aren't they amazing? Okay, you don't have to cite sources, but again, they might need them, right? They might not know very much about a suit of armor. They might not know what to say about a coat of arms. So I tell them that the, the research will be based on what they need. Everything is based on what you need for that project. All right, they're going to at least put one quotes in, one, excuse me, one quote in, but they do not but that quote or multiple quotes that they put in more than one, that does not have to be formally cited. This is more of an essay that it is a research project. Okay, then we come down and there are additional skills. Okay, you know how I feel about that. This is episode 13, right? You know that I don't want to give students work to do that they do not have the skills for. I do not want to give them writing ideas, a, a writing prompt. I do not want to uh, tell them to do something that I haven't taught them how to do. They're sweet. They're angels. They deserve that, right? Yeah, can you tell it's almost the end of the year? I'm like really pumped because <laughs> we really need to break this year. You guys feeling that? It's just been really, really hard. Like if I, if I dwelled on this too much, I could just burst into tears right now. It's been very, very hard um, this year with uh, quarantines, with exposure with you know my family members getting covid with masks with no mask with mask mandates with going on zoom um parents upset with us um students missing a lot making it so difficult to keep them on task and keep moving ahead in our learning it has been a difficult year so i don't think i've ever been this ready for a break of course it also it doesn't help that in a couple of weeks my husband and I are going on our first ever two-week vacation so that of course makes it even um you know i'm more excited to get to that point because we've never taken a two-week vacation before and our kids got it for us for our 40th anniversary so we're going out west so anyway i am excited today i'm excited because we did end with a bang i kept telling the students um, that we are not going to fizzle. It doesn't matter 
It doesn't matter if you're in drama camp. It doesn't matter if, you're, if you've been sick. It doesn't matter if you've been on spring break. It doesn't matter if we were in quarantine. It doesn't matter if we were on Zoom. We are not going to fizzle. We are going to end with a bang. And I'm so great, grateful that I to told the students that every week for the last four weeks. And I'm so grateful that I was able to make that happen. There's just something about that feeling of knowing that we did not end on a bad note. Um, we didn't fizzle. We ended with a bang. We had like the most amazing final projects turned in from all 50 of my writing students uh, locally. And I'm so, so excited about that. All right, so I did another episode and that was episode one and it was called Writing the Three Favorites Essay. It came from Peter Pan, also this junior high level and um, middle school level, um, six, seven, eight. And in and there, I talked a lot about why I love the three of something. Three favorites is especially a powerful essay to start with because of um, you know, each paragraph being a, a unit of thought that's so clearly defined. And I love writing uh, the three, using the three favorites. This is a type of that. And um, so I'm gonna be branching out even more on that concept. So first of all, I'm gonna to go to lesson A on the PowerPoint. It's also lesson A in the teacher's notebook. Um, and I wanna talk a little bit about the five paragraph essay. We have been trained in uh, most teacher training to think of essays in, a, in the five paragraph um, methodology. And of course, with the addition of the essay and the SAT and ACT there for a while, and now it's, I believe it's optional. My husband does all of our SAT and ACT and PSAT preps, um, students now, <laughs> thankfully. So, um, because he's able to do the math, science, and writing, and I'm only able to do the writing. So um, anyway, got to love a skilled husband there. So um, the, that, that has been like the, the, the catch-all phrase, you know, five paragraph essay, five paragraph essay. And when I started teaching timed essay, and I have a whole book on this, actually it's Meaningful Composition 10-2, I believe. It's a, some one semester book. Um, but when I first started writing for the timed essay approach and taking my essay materials into a timed situation and teaching students how to, how to write timed writing, it became very obvious to me very quickly in testing those materials that a student wasn't always going to get five paragraphs. And so with that in mind and with calling it a five paragraph essay, what uh, really happened is that the students were writing the opening paragraph and then they would write as much as they could. And they may get two paragraphs for the body and an opening, but they wouldn't get the third point in. And so I really tweaked that entire approach for the five paragraph and made uh, an approach I called the 131 paragraph approach. And with the 131 paragraph approach, the student um, can write three, will write three paragraphs for the body always. And then they'll have one thing on the beginning and one thing on the end that may be one sentence or one paragraph for an opening. It may be one sentence or one paragraph for the closing. And, and I teach this a lot more in um, my more advanced, my high school materials. 
And so I'll, I'll teach that. I'll, I'll come on and teach on some of the timed material. It's very challenging. It's, 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 it's very hard. I and mean, it's hard to do in one lesson for sure. But by using this approach, they focus on the three paragraphs of the body. Okay. Then if they have time left over, they add an opening paragraph, but they develop those three points fully. And I have a three, three piece of persuasion uh, protocol that I created that I teach um, position points and proofs that I use to teach persuasive writing, but it, it, this works for all writing. So any essay writing that I focus on three paragraphs of the body in the middle. So you have one paragraph, one unit of thought, the next paragraph, the next unit of thought, the next paragraph, the next unit of thought. All right, then if you have time in a time situation, you may not, you just come and tack a, an, uh, uh, top, a thesis onto the beginning of the first paragraph. And if you don't have time for a closing paragraph, you tack a thesis statement reloaded to the end of the third paragraph. And then you have three full paragraphs of content. You have three full points made entirely as opposed to an opening paragraph that took a long time and then maybe one or two points developed. Anyway, that's where the 131 comes from. Now, specifically for us, uh, in the junior high level, and even in the one before this, level twos, fourth and fifth grade, I like to use uh, the, the, the uh, idea that each paragraph is a unit of thought for the body. And you don't, if you do three different aspects, three different topics, it's not as overwhelming to kids. I tell the students, you know what? We're doing three paragraphs about three different things, three of your favorite things three favorite, three friends uh, that you would like to be friends with in a castle, three animated objects, um, inanimated that become animated, um, three places you would like to visit, three first ladies. And then it just, they just have this like, oh, that's not so bad. I can do that because that's really just like three little papers, three little essays, three little reports. I'm like, yes right? And they just breathe a sigh of relief. And so that is one fantastic thing about the 131 paragraph approach. Now, this is going to be five total paragraphs because they're going to add a full opening and a full closing. And I teach how to add that full opening, how to add that full closing. So that's why this episode is called the three or five paragraph. You can use the, the guts of this and not do the opening and closing if you just want to make a shorter assignment. So you could, I mean, technically you could take a fourth grader at you know, and say, we're going to do three paragraphs about three different things, you know, three castle friends, let's do four sentences in each one, boom, they have a three paragraph essay. Okay. All right. So that is the one, three, one, you know how I am about samples. I wonder if I enlarge this, if you can see it enlarged. I think you can, because I think you see what I see. All right. So three castle objects you would like as friends. We have the opening paragraph first. Um, and I have the sample in front of me. So if you're in your teacher's notebook or if you're watching on the PowerPoint, um, I have, uh, hmm. let me see what's going on here. Okay, I can scroll like that. Um, huh, something is going on. Let me pause. Second. 
Okay, something happened when I enlarged it on my screen, so I'm not gonna do that again. So, but we can see here the full five paragraph, all right? And um, sometime, um, well, I'll go ahead and talk about that now. One of the things that um, I do, first of all, you know, I use samples extensively. 98% of my meaningful composition books and 100% of my month-long downloadables right for a month, the seven that I described at the beginning of the episode, they have samples. Samples are amazing. So I'm not gonna go into why I think they're amazing because I do that every week. All right, so here we have my writing assistant, Zachary, and um, he's a college guy uh, who took all, a lot of my classes as he was growing up and then became my writing assistant, he's fantastic. And so uh, we have the opening paragraph there and we have a closing paragraph. So I will use this uh, sample extensively as I am teaching this project. So the first thing that we will do is we will uh, write on the side of the first paragraph, opening paragraph. And then we'll write on the side of the next one, POBA, paragraph of body A. Then we'll write on the side of the next one, POBB, paragraph of body B. And then we'll write on the next one, POBC, paragraph of body C. And then on the final one, we will write closing paragraph along the edges. Okay, then we will come along here and we will highlight in different colors. So the first thing we'll do is highlight what if the object's inside at the end of the first paragraph, the end of the opening paragraph, we will highlight what if the objects inside a castle could come alive. Three castle objects I would like as friends are a suit of armor, a torch, and a rug. We highlight that, we draw an arrow to the margin, and we write thesis, okay? And they learn how to write their thesis statement. I'll show you that in just a minute. And they also learn how to incorporate it into their opening paragraph um, after they write the body. I think I've mentioned this before, but we always write the openings and closings after we write the body because they can't introduce readers to something that they haven't written yet. How can they get readers excited about reading what they've written in an opening paragraph if they haven't written the body to know what to excite them about? Very important. All right, so then I take it, have them take another color and I have them put highlight in this POBA, that'd be the second paragraph on your screen or in your uh, teacher's notebook, a suit of armor would be amazing to have as a friend for three reasons. Boom, arrow to the margin, a topic of POBA. Then we come to the next one, highlight it. Another useful object to have as a friend would be a torch, highlight, arrow to the margin, topic of POBB. Okay, and I specifically call the thesis for the whole thing, because a thesis used to be a whole paper. Back uh, when I was in school, a thesis was a paper that you were writing, a whole paper. So we call the thesis statement, the thesis, thesis statement. We call each paragraph's topic sentence, the topic sentence. And then we call the closing sentence, the thesis statement reloaded. It's just a way that gives them something to rely on to use for their thesis statement, their closing statement, if they don't feel like they have something else, I'm giving them a tool right in the name, thesis statement reloaded. I love to give students tools. I love to make them successful. And then in the fourth paragraph, they're gonna highlight a suit of armor and a torch would be fantastic friends, but what about a rug? 
Isn't that a great transition? All right, so highlight erythema margin topic of POBC. Okay. Also, I teach extensively all the um, uh, transitional words and phrases and teach them how to merge that topic sentence for that new paragraph with a transitional like that. Isn't that fantastic? Um, so then in the bottom one, uh, I would highlight the suit of armor would increase my strength. The torch would give me better reconnaissance. The rug would provide me with a secret weapon. I believe there are no better friends than the ones such as these who help you survive when adversity attacks. So technically we could have just highlighted that last sentence there, drawn an arrow to the margin and written, have them write thesis statement reloaded. All right. Another thing that I do here is I come up to that thesis statement again. I circle armor, I draw an arrow to the margin, I write a one. And then in the suit of armor in uh, the paragraph A, I highlight suit of armor and write a one above it. And I do the same thing with torch in the thesis statement and then in paragraph B. And I do the same thing with rug, circle it, write a one above it, circle it in the thesis, draw an, draw an arrow, write a one beside it, reminding them that we list the items, the ideas, the thoughts, the people, whatever you're writing about, we list those in our opening paragraph in the same order as we write about them. And this seems really obvious now in like the younger grades, but when we are doing those, uh, that three P's that I told you about, uh, you know, I tell them their positions have got to be, I mean, their uh, points have got to be in the same order in the thesis statement as they are in the body. So the first armor is listed first, that's the first paragraph of the body. Torch is listed next in the thesis statement. Torch is the next paragraph of body. And then rug is listed third in the thesis statement and it is the third paragraph. And then they do the same thing in their thesis statement reloaded. Okay, I've spent a lot of time on this. Um, I love teaching this. I love teaching from samples. I loved you know, showing them all of the great writing tools that they can use when they write their paper. All right, so they're gonna work on their thesis statement right now, okay? And um, I teach them that you can't use another useful object to have as a friend or be a torch as a thesis statement because it's only about one thing. Your thesis statement has to be about your entire essay. And then I give them examples and then they write their own. Sample working thesis statement and my working thesis statement. It's important at this point that we still call it a working thesis statement because uh, the, word, the thesis statement will be tweaked according to the type of opening paragraph that they use. All right, now we're going to do a directed brainstorming and that is B2 in your teacher's notebook. Um, brainstorming is, can be very powerful but the problem with a lot of brainstorming is that kids do not know what to do. Um, I, my husband and I have these half day homeschool programs and I work with him with the elementary kids. He does the junior high himself and he does the high school himself, but we homeschool other people's kids basically. And um, so I use, you know, a lot of other materials. I use my own for all my own writing. 
but um, you know, I will use like something for a state study, something for a literature study, something for a, um, uh, what, what else have we done? Um, lots of literature studies and lots of state studies and people from certain states and um, readers theater, just all kinds of things. And I get a lot from teachers by teachers. I just think it's fantastic. And you can really get exactly what you want, that exact lesson that you want. Um, but so many curricula items, curriculum items, whether they're teachers pay teachers or their curriculum, uh, print curriculum books, they have a lot of brainstorming. And when I've used these with my third, fourth, and fifth graders, especially fourth and fifth, those are the ones that I really use those, those type of products with a lot, they just, brainstorming is too wide open. It's too, um, it's too vague. It's too open-ended for them. And so I have a lot of what I call directed brainstorming in my materials. And that is where I tell them, I give them space to brainstorm, but I tell them kind of what to brainstorm about. And I know that sounds a little bit, you know, counterintuitive when you think of brainstorming is for students to dump out their brains uh, onto paper, but not everybody knows how to do that. And especially that, um, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grade level a lot of times. So that is why I use a lot of directed brainstorming. So I have them pick their castle objects that they would like to write about. They put the first castle object in the first box, second in the second, third in the third, and then they brainstorm beneath each one. So what can you say about that? What might you want to include? What might you want to research? And it just really works out well. Um, and I always have a minimum of number of lines that they have to have filled in so they don't just do a line or two. Um, and we grade. Um, from junior high on in our um, programs. So, um, you know, whether you like grades or you don't like grades, it can be a real motivator. I tell them, you know, all but the bottom two lines have to be filled in on the directed brainstorming in order to get an A. So, um, you know, I, I've been learning a lot about classroom management because, you know, I've homeschooled for 32 years and I've written books for homeschoolers for 20 years. Yeah, and, and um, that's just one of the things we have to do sometimes, isn't it? All right, so then I have a quote lesson and I am not going to do the quote lesson today with you, but I have left it in here for you. So it's lesson C, quotes, the first two rules always um, that periods and commas go inside quotation marks all the time in the US, not other countries, but in the US. So this is how to use speech, to how to teach speech tags. This is how they can put their quote in their outline. Uh, this is how they can do it on their outlining lines, give the information that they need, who said it and so forth. Um, and this is how they would put it uh, to make sure that they have all the information when they're ready to include their quote. Now, uh, then there are quotation samples that they can that you can study with them. Again, I use highlighters and teach this really big time. We're highlighting the commas. We're drawing an arrow to the margin, one period per sentence. We are doing all of the stuff to learn from samples. Uh, a lot of times we have an emphasis, you know, I, you, I've talked a lot of it on here about teach, practice, apply. And a lot of times we have an emphasis on teaching, um, uh, on practicing, um, but we really need more teaching content. And that's where samples come in. We need more teaching content as opposed to just a quick, you know, don't forget, you know, two lines that a comma goes inside quotation marks, period goes in, go inside quotation marks. And if you have a beginning speech tag, you put a comma following it. 
98% of the time. We are not going to talk about koalas today. Um, but but that they need more teaching content because then we throw assignments at them. We throw practice things and we also throw assignments um, application, like in their writing, because I always have to do applications in their writing for me. So lots of sample material is great teaching content. You need to utilize that with highlighters and arrows to the margin and notes in the margin. We call them margin notes. Get ready for your margin notes, guys. Get ready for your margin notes. notes. Get ready for your yellow. You can't write with yellow. Let's go. You know, and we're using those margins. We're using those samples as teaching. Now the sample, um, I'm going to go back to the sample here. It has a quote in the closing. Okay. And so they might, um, you know, they might have a quote about a suit of armor uh, that came from a book. I teach them they can use a quote from a person or a quote from a, or words from a book that they put quotation marks around. Um, but uh, Zach did a closing um, quotation. Thomas Aquinas, Aquinas once said, there's nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. Very cool um, way to include a quote in the closing. So they can put their quote anywhere. A lot of times when students have papers like this, they put them in their openings or closings. And I teach, uh, I don't have those products out yet, but I teach template openings and template closings. So we have a, a quote, um, story, definition, um, quote, story, definition, song, um, um, I can't even think of all of them, um, but those will be coming out in the next few months um, for you to grab someplace and learn how to teach various openings and closings specifically. All right, so let's go back over here. They're, then they're going to outline their paper. And that is not here, but they're going to outline their paper. All right, then after they outline their paper, they're going to write it. And they're going to come back and use this brainstorming box, right? This brainstorming box showed them what do you need to know? Okay, you've written, um, you know, um, a suit of armor as one of your castle objects that you want to be friends with, but you've, you don't know enough about it to write about it. So then during this brainstorming process, I'm on the brainstorming box again, directed brainstorming box. During the brainstorming process, they're like, oh yeah, I need more information about a suit of armor to, to know what to say about it, right? And so that, that director brainstorming gets them all the information, then they put it in an outline, then they write. All right, I'm gonna move quickly to the opening and closing. All right, I always have ideas for openings and closings. So they could use a scripture passage or some kind of words of wisdom. They could use a song. They could use a story like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, a story opening. They could use a definition. Sometimes I just, if, if they're new to writing or they're not very experienced or they're young, I will um, teach them how to use a definition uh, quickly in an opening or in a closing and, or a statistic, a quote, a rhyme, and then they are told how to include their thesis statement in that opening. And then we did the same thing with the closing. I'm gonna go back and look at Zach's opening here real quickly with you. Uh, this is a, an informative opening about castles. So, you know, I tell them if you can't think of anything else to write for an opening or closing, write about something general that leads into your topic. So castles, because they are, you know, writing about castle friends. They could write about Beauty and the Beast. 
and then go into it, you know, transition into three friends that I would like to have in the beast castle, right? They can use a definition um, of friendship, a definition of castles, a definition of um, uh, medieval, you know, something like that. All right, so I have taken more than my time already. So let's just jump back here to the back matter. Be sure to get this week's broadcast sheet at ladies, lady, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach. Get all of them at languageartsladyblog.com forward slash teacher's notebook. Freebies, guys, these are all related in some way to this assignment and they're all free. One of each level, a lesson at each level with a video of me teaching it. So you don't even have to teach it. You can just use it. It's, it's, it's me talking to students, not me talking to teachers in that case. So you can grab those five freebies. Um, these are other essays um, in my other month-long downloadable books at all the various levels. So you can go hop on over and grab one of those digital products. They're not very expensive. Print it off and you'll be ready to roll. Um, then this is also where those types of projects are in my full semester long uh, faith-based books, Meaningful Composition. Create a class, create a class, and I will jump online and teach your kids for you. Hire a teacher. You can hire my husband to teach any one subject online or in person um, or more than one. He has some that he does like their math and their science, or he does SAT prep and their grammar. Um, something like that. There you go. Private tutoring online and in person. Thank you so much for joining me in today's How I Teach.